Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of your sexified life. In case we haven't met yet, I'm Fanny, your self-love and pleasure coach, and in this podcast we discuss what makes being alive sexy. We reclaim our pleasure, we work on ourselves, we stop self-hate, and most of all, we take the commitment to feel alive and feel it all because we only have one life and it's time to live it. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you're new, welcome, and if you're not, thank you for coming back. We've discussed in our previous episode how self-hate can really be a metamorph, more than just mean voices in our heads or not liking our reflection in the mirror, and how actually, even if it is a patriarchal bullshit, It's also a protective mechanism, even if it sucks. I already had to cut the self-hate episode in three parts. Turns out the roots of self-hate will be cut into two. Otherwise, you would be stuck for 15 minutes with me. I seem to have a lot of things to say about self-hate, so stay with me. Definitely worth it. If you're like me, you may have been in this meta state of hating your self-hate because you don't want it to be here and you wish things would be different. But for things to be different and knowing what to do with it, we need to understand where it comes from. Because this smart self-hate snake <laughs> has to be very versatile, as in what the sources of power are. So this snake can actually mess up so hard with us. Self-hate comes from a lack of self-love. I am almost sure you didn't need me for that. But let's discuss the roots of this lack of self-love. I'm sure there are tons of them, but I see three main categories. The combo of your own personal history and the mess of society. The lack of pleasure and the lack of embodiment and dissociation. The easiest one, society. Constant injunctions around us to be different, to be better, to be almost everything else than what we are and anyone else than who we are. This constant feeling of not being enough, not being good enough, If you're thin, get some muscle. If you're curvy, lose some weight. If you don't orgasm, yelling, yes, 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 you're frigid. But if you express yourself too much, you're a slut. You have multiple partners, you're a slut too. You dress in something that makes you feel sexy, you're a slut too. And on and on and on and on and on. When you are told, consciously or unconsciously, day in and day out, that you're not enough, not good enough, you don't look like what you're supposed to look like, no wonder we start to hate ourselves. I do want to point out, though, that things are changing in the past years, and that's great. Let's keep going. We still have a lot of work to do. So we tend to get stuck into this wanting to be different, because we get this constant contradictory messages. But when you think about it for a second, who do you want to look like? Who do you want to be? Really, like take a piece of paper and write it. For real, you can pause this episode, I'll still be here when you come back. Write or draw or give a form to who you want to be like. Three main things might happen here. First, you notice you have a really detailed list 
of who you want to be and she's a future version of yourself, keep going. Second, you have a detailed idea, but this person is the opposite of who you are. We can do something about that healthy self-hate that makes you feel like you would prefer to be someone else. And the last one, you might notice you actually have no idea of who you want to be like or what you want to look like. You just have this feeling of needing to be different, but without any conscious details. The most important thing to get from that is how we are actually wasting time trying to chase something that isn't even well-defined. That will never work. It doesn't exist. You already know the pictures in the magazine have so much Photoshop they're not even real. And sometimes we laugh so hard because no matter how many people looked at the picture, they all validated a limb with an impossible angle or a totally misproportioned foot or hand, or just looking at a picture and be like, okay, somebody used too much Photoshop on this one. We are actually told to chase a mere ghost, a mixture of white cisgendered male gaze and porn fantasies, Western nuclear family cliches, technological tools that erase our particularities as human, and most of all, centuries of having to stay quiet, make yourself as little as possible and do what you are told. A perfect ghost that has no life on her own, modeled to contempt everyone and no one at the same time, especially not herself. So now what? Do you still want to be this ghost with glassy eyes, a pale skin, and a waist so tight it cannot even have the digestive system you need to be alive. When you think about it for a second, this is literally starving ourselves from life energy, making what is supposed to feed you disappear. Talk about a control. Do you really want that? Do you really want to be a ghost? No judgment here if you answer yes to this question. I had been doing that for years. Even if I knew this was a ghost I couldn't ever come close to, a part of me still wanted that. And the question I love to ask my coaches when I saw them stuck in this pattern of illusion ghost is this. How is chasing this model that doesn't even exist helping you? You are a smart being, you don't do anything stupid. So how is this helping you? What do you get out of chasing this person? Let me say that again. What do you get out of trying to be this person that doesn't exist and is only created as an accumulation of expectations for women? How is this helping you? I'm going to pause for a second just to let you think about it. How is this helping you? Usually two answers here. It's not helping me, so I'll stop doing it. Great. If you're aware of this pattern, that's amazing. Also know that it might come back in a sneaky way sooner or later. So get your detection talents on board and be ready. But for some of us, even after asking this question, we still want to be that ghost, even if we know 
Even if we understand, we still want it, and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with you if you are there, because it's really easy to say loud and clear, "I am ready to let this go," and actually doing it and letting it go, because doing it is scary. Because everyone around us will be like, "Huh, what is going on with you? You've changed so much," and that's okay if at the moment you're happy with where you are. As long as you are truly happy, without a yearning of something else that would help you fill the void inside, there is no need to change anything. If your model is that persona, and if you feel good with that, great. When you add that and your own personal history, you get a master combo for self-hate. Some parts of your own experiences will come and reinforce that conditioning. Others will. Help you feel better, but too bad. We cannot change our history. We can only change how we look at it, and sometimes you can't. Only people who haven't been abused, raped, or anything dare to say to someone, "Find the good in your traumas. Like find the good in this abuse-rape situation." <laughs> the only thing you can do is to choose to understand where it comes from when it's possible. Also acknowledge that sometimes you cannot understand and try to do something with it. Talk about being disempowered and doomed. Society and your history will completely mess with who you are, and you are doomed with an existence of suffering. Not really, because personally, I'm not a fan of suffering. And hell no, many people live in the same society and they don't feel the self-hate. So it has to come from somewhere else. After exploring the obvious root of self-hate, society, and personal history, let's talk about something less obvious: our conditioning around pleasure. You don't need me to tell you most of our conditioning around our sexuality is about shame and guilt, but have you noticed how much of it comes from our conditioning around pleasure? Let's explore it a little bit. First things first. As you heard me say many times in this podcast, we are the only animal species that have an orgasm dedicated to our pleasure, and that's our clitoris. This beautiful organ has no other purpose than bringing us pleasure. So, whoever wants to convince us pleasure is something not meant for us, go check your basic anatomy knowledge, and then think again: who has the right answer? A body carefully crafted from thousands and millions of years in evolution, with a pleasure organ inside of it, or a mind that will disappear as soon as that person dies, and is actually convinced what was here before and what will be there after is wrong. On a very basic level, the dynamic playing is the same as the flat belly injunction. When you see pictures everywhere and you see your own curvy belly, it's really easy to start hating it. Even if our bellies are the most precious thing on earth, they help us stay alive by bringing us energy, actually creating life. So of course, all of this goodness needs space, and that's what it's supposed to be. 
spacious. If spacious looks flat on you on a natural state, great. And if spacious looks curving in your natural space, great too. When I hate myself and my belly, I try to remember that I'm actually lucky to have all the organs inside. I'm gonna be honest, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and I still hate it. But so many of us had some part removed for some kind of health risk. And that comes with a lot of obligations and constraints. Stomas, infection risks. So if I have everything in place, of course it's going to take some space. Not gonna lie, it's not working all the time. And there is a good chance we will catch ourselves thinking mean things again. But just thinking them with a little bit of compassion, of a I'm lucky to have you here, whole, can be really helpful sometimes. So back on the pleasure part, the dynamic is the same. We have this birthright to pleasure and we are constantly told something else. Of course we would start to hate it. And what better way to self-hate than hating your pleasure essence? Talk about another way of controlling women. Let's talk about some conditioning we get around our pleasure. Pleasure is dangerous. If you take too much of it, you relish in pleasure and never do anything good with your life again. If you're there, I see you. A lot of us are there. Simple question here. If you had been denied a basic need of yours, let's say water, wouldn't you want to drink as much as possible when you finally get some water just in case you never got some again? And what would be wrong with that? Would you just drink water for the rest of your life and not do anything else? Of course you wouldn't. At some point, you would get hungry or anything. You would stop drinking. Since pleasure is our essence, of course when you connect to it, you will feel you want to relish in it so that you can take the max of it because you don't know when you will have some again. And this is actually a very smart way of doing things. You're a smart being, you don't do anything stupid. Sometimes parts of you just didn't get the memo, things have changed. So it's a way of being sure to make stock and that's really clever. This urge stops only when your system integrates the resource will not be missing for a long time again. Just like we don't feel the need to store water bottles when we have water when we open a sink. Whereas if you don't have water available at hand, you store as much as you can. Same goes for pleasure. When your system feels this is the only little bit of pleasure it would get in a very long time, of course it will try to store as much as possible. Whereas when you have a regular pleasure practice or connection to your pleasure of any sort, your system is like, okay, I can relax. It is available when I need it. It's not going to be missing. So when you disconnect from your pleasure and forbid yourself the access to it, you reinforce this urge to store it and store it and store it. Whereas getting connected to your pleasure on a regular basis makes you feel good and also soothes your system. So no, pleasure isn't dangerous 
and you will not lose yourself in it if you dare to reconnect to it. You will only feel better. Another easily busted conditioning on pleasure? You deserve to have pleasure only in partnership. Nope, sorry, my clitoris is inside of me first and then I can share its magic powers with others. Your pleasure isn't yours. So we agree your balls and your dick are not yours and the pleasure they give you isn't yours too. And have I mentioned they are literally hanging outside of your body whereas my orgasm organ is inside? So please keep your own house in order before having opinions about mine. Pleasure is supposed to look like X, Y, and Z, and if this doesn't excite you, there is something wrong with you. First, never say yuck to anybody's yummy. I would also say, if I continue my clitoris analogy, we all have the same parts, organized in different ways. Some of us have long clitoris hoods, other shorts, longer or shorter head of clitoris, longer or shorter inside lips. So... If our pleasure organs are different from one person to another, why would we have to have similar ways to experience pleasure? So no, not your business. All of this weight on our pleasure, this conditioning, to the point sometimes we doubt we're even allowed to experience it. When our essence is charged with so much weight and conditioning, how are we actually supposed to appreciate it and not hate it. I truly believe one of the major roots of self-hate is lack of pleasure. And if we remember pleasure is like water, it's easier to understand why we are so hungry of it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the other way around. It's really smart. And the thing is, when we disconnect from our pleasure essence, it's really hard to know who we are. We feel hollow. And this feeling of nothingness is unbearable. Self-hate is still a way to continue feeling something. And this is a third root after a society and personal story combo and lack of pleasure. The lack of embodiment and dissociation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I'll see you next time. If you found this episode interesting, please feel free to share it with a loved one and consider subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're yearning for more, I would invite you to sign up for my self-love letters. You will find the link in the show notes. And if you're excited and can't wait to get started, I also will link my ebook in the show notes. It's called Essence. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your energy with me today. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.